This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, guys. It is Wednesday, September 18th. This week's guest on the podcast is Ken Kruger. He is the founder and CEO of Moon. So Moon is pretty interesting. Moon is a Chrome browser extension that allows you to make online purchases in crypto, which is pretty cool if you like to shop online and buy stuff that way. Ken is also a former engineer for Lockheed Martin and holds degrees from both Cornell and Columbia University. Very smart guy. Also, if you'd like to make a contribution to the podcast, go to the link in the description for the episode and you can make a contribution directly that way. Contributions are definitely not necessary, but they do help keep away those pesky ads. As always, be sure to subscribe if you haven't already and share this episode with somebody that you think would like to learn more about crypto. All right, enjoy. This is the Block Hash Podcast. So why don't you go ahead and tell me a little bit about how you got into this uh, blockchain space? Sure. So I had been following uh, Bitcoin for quite some time, probably since around 2010. Uh, you know, I thought it was a really neat idea. I would read about it on Reddit. Um, I, the first time I actually bought uh, any Bitcoin was in 2013 on Mt. Gox. And I am unfortunately caught up in the Mt. Gox uh, lawsuit. Uh, so, oh, boy. So that's, that's a lot of fun. Um, but I never looked at going into the crypto blockchain space professionally until, um, you know, towards the end of 2017, uh, I was, you know, kind of thinking about, uh, what I wanted to do next. And, uh, I was like, you know, I really think that there's something here. I really love the idea of crypto and uh, Bitcoin and just the, the general idea of, of, uh, decentralization. And, uh, you know, I kind of said, you know, there's something I could do here that could make an impact and solve a pretty big problem. Uh, so let me see, you know, what it would take to, you know, get into the world professionally. I talked to some people, I did some research and then, uh, throughout 2018 started, started building the product, uh, started building the company. And I, at the time I'd been running a software consulting company where I helped venture-backed startups in New York build out their products. And I kind of wound that down, stopped taking on new clients and started ramping up Moon. And, uh, you know, so we've been, I've been full-time on the project for just about a year now. Uh, so that's kind of a brief, brief history. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I didn't know that you got in back in 2013 and all caught up in the whole like Mount Gox thing too. Like, did you get anything out of that? Are you still like in the middle of it. Yeah. So, so what was really cool about that is I got most of my Bitcoin out before everything imploded. Uh, so, so somebody set up an impromptu exchange when, uh, Mt. Gox stopped all of their, uh, external sends and receives. So you couldn't move your coins out of Mt. Gox, but you could move them within Mt. Gox. 
So somebody used the Mountbox API to set up this impromptu exchange where you could trade uh, trapped coins on Mount Gox for free coins outside Mount Gox by transferring between different accounts. And it was this sketchy website. It had, it had a couple input fields. You put in your, your Mount Gox login information, how many coins you want to sell and, uh, and like a deposit address. And you just, it was just like a blank white page with this form. And, and I was purely relying on people on Reddit to tell me that this was a legitimate <laughs> functioning product. And, uh, I was able to get, you know, the, there was an exchange it was about three to one. So three trapped coins for one free coin. And, uh, so I, so I got pretty much everything off except for like half a Bitcoin, which was like a rounding error at that point in time. Uh, so I'm just, I'm trying to get my half a Bitcoin out of Mount Vax. <laughs> and that's what I'm involved in the class action lawsuit. You know, we'll see whatever happens. Um, occasionally I get some stuff in the mail in Japanese. Don't entirely uh -huh. know what it means, but, uh, you know, I've been going through following all the, all the paperwork that I need to do. Um, but that was, you know, I, I remember, you know, trying to, trying to get my coins off. That was a horrifying, uh, experience, but really cool that somebody was able to set up that exchange on the fly. Exchange thing sounds really sketchy though. Like it just, it sounds like someone knew that it was like going to completely collapse beforehand and then kind of set up this way to yeah. maneuver around it a little bit. Well, everything back then was oh, sketchy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, you know, you, you would trade on some sites that looked like it was from 1995 and, you know, there, there's, you know, trading on some kind of Russian site that, you know, people on Reddit would say, oh yeah, this is legitimate. <laughs> And it was a very different, you know, uh, cowboy world. Yeah, it, it was very different. <laughs> that's for sure. But yeah, that's an interesting backstory. Didn't know that at all. That's really cool. And then, well, actually, where'd you go to college at? So yeah, so I studied uh, computer science at Cornell for undergrad. Uh, I then went to work. Uh, sorry, I went to study financial engineering at mm -hmm. Columbia University. Uh, never went into finance, but it was a kind of combination of all my interests of uh, computer science, mathematics, finance, economics. Uh, so I, I got that, um, you know, academic introduction. Uh, but then I ended up working at Lockheed Martin. I worked on the Ohio class submarine navigation system. Uh, I primarily worked in the uh, sensor division. I was first a software engineer and then a product manager. And, uh, you know, worked on, you know, a variety of different, um, you know, parts of the project around inertial navigation. So uh, right after Lockheed, I started a, uh, a gesture recognition company based off of a patent that I wrote um, where we were using, um, you know, some, some of the same techniques that you use in inertial navigation in the military sphere, but you apply that to um, your, your sensors, like your accelerometer gyroscope that's found in consumer electronics. Uh, now, unfortunately, nobody cares about gesture recognition, and that company failed. But uh, but it was a really great learning experience. About gesture recognition, correct? That's what you said. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, the types of stuff that we could do with gesture was, you know, for example, your Apple Watch tracks your steps and right. some of the basic movements. Um, with our technology, we were able to detect uh, like a bench press, squat, lunge, jumping jack, sit up, push up, mm -hmm. uh, pretty much anything you did. And we also did machine learning on your watch. So if you did five repetitions of a movement, 
it would it would use uh, machine learning to learn that new movement. So it was really cool. It was cutting edge. Um, you know, we developed this before the Apple Watch was released, right. and we were kind of betting on that. You know, the whole Fitbit craze and, and fitness around gesture, and then you know, I think that the kind of the, that whole industry, all of our competitors, the everybody working on that stuff just kind of went out of business. So uh, you know, why why did they go out of business? What happened? Yeah, I think nobody really wanted to use it for that type of tracking, right? Step really? counts are crazy. It's very passive. But what we found was that a lot of people who were, you know, going to the gym for weight training or mm-hmm. uh, calisthenics or really the hardcore people, they didn't want to wear a smartwatch on their wrist. Um, you know, and even Fitbit struggled quite a bit after that. Um, you know, people, you know, the, the Apple watch really took off and everybody wears the Apple watch, but it's not so much for, um, a fitness device. If you're weight training or doing any of the complex exercises, it's really utilized mostly by runners, bikers, and swimmers. So uh, we just never saw that conversion of, of, you know, the, the quantitative self, um, you know, kind of roll over into the other sports. So uh, maybe that'll change in the future. You know, there are some people who even came out with some dedicated devices to try to do this type of tracking. And it just, mm-hmm. everything just seemed to kind of flop. Yeah, maybe, I guess the market maybe was just too niche for that. But I mean, it's also kind of surprising because you'd think that the way health is going nowadays and people getting even more and more particular with what their body's doing and how they're managing their body, that they kind of want something like that, that, that market would be a lot bigger. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah. You know, we, we went to gyms, we did user research and we found there are people who have smartwatches, but they take them off when they go to the gym and they're like, I just don't want this on my wrist. And then you get into weird situations. Like if you're wearing an Apple watch while you're doing a bench press, Mm -hmm. you like your wrist or or the part of your hand could touch the, uh, the button on your Apple watch. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's like all these interesting things that we learned uh, from doing this and, uh, you know, I think it's going to happen eventually, you know, but, um, you know, still to be seen when, <laughs> when that gets adopted by the broader market. Right. No, I, I have issues with my Apple watch every once in a while too. And sometimes I find myself taking it off if I'm like weightlifting because I'll like hit the watch and then it'll start like running the timer for some reason. And like, I, it's yeah. off. I don't know why it's running the timer. Um, exactly. But like other times, like if I'm running, it's awesome because I can track my heart rate. I, I really don't. I think it depends on like who it is specifically in that market. I, I don't know. It's, it's really weird, but I mean, it's a technology you think everyone would want to use like all the time, like for their like fitness life, not just their lifestyle life. It'll happen eventually. It's just a matter of when. Well, we're already kind of way off topic anyways, but <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. regarding what you actually do with Moon, <laughs> I, I've used it a few times. Um, I actually have the extension and have used it with Amazon and it's pretty cool. It's really interesting. Um, but for those that don't know how to use it, that are going to be listening to this episode, can you tell us a little bit about how moon works? So, uh, so it's pretty straightforward. Uh, moon is a browser extension. You install it into your browser right now. We support Chrome, uh, brave and opera. We'll be supporting additional browsers soon. Uh, so you just add that to your browser. Uh, you go shop on Amazon like you normally would. Uh, you just add products to your cart. We augment the product page so you'll actually be able to see 
the price of any given product in whichever cryptocurrency you'd like to pay with. Uh, and you just add the product to your cart. When you're in checkout, Moon gives you the option to complete your purchase using cryptocurrency. So, um, you know, we offer two different methods right now. One is you can pay via Lightning Network, in which case a Lightning Network invoice QR code and, and uh, public key shows up. Um, so you could deposit and it instantly complete your transaction. Or you can connect your Coinbase account to Moon. Uh, in that case, you'll be given the option to select one of your Coinbase uh, wallets. So you can pay with Bitcoin, Litecoin, Ether, or Bitcoin Cash. Uh, and you hit pay and, and you're done. So it all happens instantly. Uh, we don't charge any additional fees. And uh, it's a pretty seamless experience overall. Um, you know, everything happens on your Amazon account. Uh, there's nobody behind the scenes making a purchase for you or anything sketchy like that. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so far we've been on amazon.com for a little while and we're going to be launching on some additional e-commerce merchants soon. Uh, notably, uh, this in, within the next week, week and a half, we're going to be supporting Amazon Canada. Uh, we're going to be expanding to the European Amazon sites and, uh, eBay and Walmart and sites like that, uh, pretty shortly thereafter. But so far, most people have requested um, you know, it's funny, everybody's like, oh, Amazon.com. So we have folks in Canada, folks in Europe who are messaging us every day. Hey, when are you going to support, you know, co.uk? When are you going to support Amazon.de? So, uh, so we're really prioritizing all of those, uh, which is interesting because we weren't, we weren't thinking about international expansion uh, as, as happening so soon, but there's just so much demand for that. So we're just kind of expanding internationally with our Amazon support before we go to uh, additional merchants in the U.S. Oh, that's awesome. I, I love it in Canada, so I'm glad you guys made it up there. Oh, yeah, yeah. So did you guys have to work with Amazon on this directly, or do you guys just overlay on top of their merchant platform? Yeah, so that's what's great about our technology is that we overlay on top of existing e-commerce sites. So we don't have to do any direct B2B sales into any of these e-commerce websites. You know, a lot of people say, like, oh my gosh, Amazon's taking Bitcoin. It's like, well, not exactly. You know, we didn't convince the biggest e-commerce company in the world to suddenly accept Bitcoin. I wish we could, but it's going to take them a little bit longer to get on board the Bitcoin train. Um, so what our technology enables is, you know, we're able to facilitate these transactions. The merchant still gets U.S. dollars or whichever fiat currency they expect but we allow the consumer to pay in the cryptocurrency of their choice. And, you know, this is what we kind of see as necessary for the next five years or so until cryptocurrency becomes more widely adopted. So if you're a merchant, uh, you know, if you're an Amazon or Best Buy or somebody like that to accept cryptocurrency and to actually hold that cryptocurrency is such an undertaking of updating your accounting systems. You know, maybe you're running a trading desk, uh, you know, how do you pay your suppliers? You know, it, it gets to be very complex and they're just not willing to do that at this point. So they need to receive fiat. Uh, but what we're doing is satisfying the demand that consumers have to spend cryptocurrency. And uh, we think that with all this, um, you know, all this consumer spending behavior, that's when you can go to a merchant and say, hey, why don't you now accept cryptocurrency as a payment method? And then, you know, here are all the services that you need to actually 
do that in a way that's not going to be disruptive to your business. It's one of the things that kind of drew me into it when I first saw you guys. I think you guys were in an article when I first heard about Moon and then I tried it out. And I was like, well, this is a great solution because, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's all this effort to try and get retailers um, of all kinds to accept Bitcoin, accept crypto, to hold custody of crypto um, for, for their customers, for a service or product. But, I mean, it's just not feasible today. Yeah. And it's far easier, especially when they don't necessarily want to hold it, to have someone in the middle. And I know it's like counterintuitive to like the whole idea behind blockchain to have someone. It's awesome because it kind of helps everyone out in that situation, whether you're the customer or you're the retailer, it it makes the whole like paying with crypto part very seamless in uh, the commercial marketplace. Yeah. And it's something that, you know, again, this is a, you know, a temporary situation where you need to have these intermediaries and you have to convert from crypto to fiat. You know, I do think eventually, you know, everyone will be on crypto, but in the short term, what's really interesting problem to solve is how do you transition from where we are today to that future where we all want to be. And that's where, you know, you come up with these imperfect solutions where sometimes, you know, the, the purists and the idealistic people say, Hey, you know, like I, I don't want to shop online crypto unless you know, the merchant is actually taking the Bitcoin and using it to play, pay their suppliers. And it's like, wait a second, you know, that's just not feasible at this point in time, you know? So, uh, you know, you need a solution like this in the short term to kind of get things going. And then hopefully that can springboard us into, you know, helping get merchants on board to natively accept crypto. Absolutely. And what you guys are doing definitely solves a lot of problems. So when someone goes to use their crypto are they only able to buy with bitcoin or can they use a different type of crypto yeah so so right now uh you pay with bitcoin via lightning network Mm -hmm. and and pay with bitcoin litecoin ether and bitcoin cash via uh your coinbase account okay Uh, so those are the options we have right now we're looking to add some some uh, some other payment options there um and that's some stuff that we're exploring but so far, you know, we're, we're big believers in the Lightning Network um, and really the, the constraints that we kind of impose on ourselves are, you know, uh, being instant, secure and no fees. So if you think about, you know, what's going to drive adoption of crypto for payments, you know, you have to be as good as existing payment technologies, mm-hmm. right? If you have to pay, if you have to wait six confirmations for a Bitcoin transaction, well, who wants to wait an hour to for their purchase to go through, right? Especially you say you're ordering fast food, for instance, right? It doesn't make any sense. Right. And why would you want to pay a flat network fee of say a dollar fifty, two bucks, something like that, on a on a five dollar USB purchase, right? That's an enormous fee in terms of percentage that you'd be paying on that transaction. So uh, by you know integrating the Lightning Network or by integrating with exchanges and wallets and things like that, what we're able to do is make sure it meets those constraints of, of being, you know, at least near instant, secure, and effectively having minimal fees or, or no fees. Um, so that's really the goal. So do you guys like lock in the price within like a certain time frame when someone's ordering? Like how does that process work? Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, if you're paying with Lightning Network, we, we give you, 
um, you know, how, you know, a Lightning Network invoice. Here's how many uh, Satoshi mm-hmm. that you need to pay. Um, scan a QR code, sends it on over. You know, we give we give the user at this point we give them three minutes to pay the invoice, which is you know typically uh, you know, more than enough time to kind of get your wallet out, scan a QR code. Um, if you pay with Coinbase, it's it's pretty much you just get the exchange rate at the moment you hit the pay button. Um, so uh, you know typically you get you get very good pricing on it. Um, we always try to pass on the best possible exchange rate to the customer. Yeah, that's awesome. And I, I really like Lightning Network a lot. So I'm, I'm glad that you guys uh, do integrate with Lightning Networks. It solves a ton of issues with Bitcoin, um, which I'm sure you're obviously familiar with. Yeah, it, it definitely opens up your audience to have Lightning Network involved with Moon because so many people definitely enjoy using Bitcoin. I mean, and it's historically had so many issues with being super slow and getting outcompeted by some of these other cryptocurrencies as well. So yeah, it's, it's very cool to see what Lightning Network's doing. And it's awesome that you guys are using it too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and something that's really neat is just we, we've actually gotten a lot of people to start using Lightning Network. And that's been really exciting. You know, every day I get people uh, messaging me to our support email address saying, hey, how do I set up a Lightning Network wallet? How do I do this? How do I do that? So so a big part of our job so far has is, is not just been providing the technology, mm-hmm. but also around education. Um, you know, here's how you use Lightning Network. What right. is Lightning Network? <laughs> you know, here's how this works. Here's how that works. So, so it's been really cool to be able to do that. And, and you know, it's, there's a lot of satisfaction that goes with helping educate people. What's the most popular Lightning Network wallet that you see people wanting to use? The most popular that we see, well, there, there are kind of three mm-hmm. that we see. Uh, Blue Wallet, um, Eclair, and Zap are the big three that we always have people uh, writing to us about. Mm-hmm. For the you know the newbie that comes along who doesn't understand Lightning Network all that well, we typically say give Blue Wallet a shot. Uh, now, pros and cons. Pros, super easy, super straightforward. Cons is that out of the box, it's a custodial wallet. Right. But it is very simple. And to somebody who's not necessarily going to run their own node, it is a it is just like a really really great simple solution to just kind of start using it right away. And then you can kind of back into, you know, okay, let me learn a bit more about this, set up a node, things like that. Um, you know, uh, Eclair is great on Android because uh, they're, they're only on Android. And then Zap is great because they also have a desktop offering um, and a really slick user interface. So, uh, and, and that one is non-custodial. They have a great technology to run a node on your on your desktop. Yeah, I I use the blue wallet and I do really like it. And I'm I know all these other wallets are pretty good too um, for Lightning Network. Mm-hmm. It'd be nice if some of these other major wallets just integrated it anyways, because it is like a whole nother mm-hmm. step. And then trying to like educate people on that yeah. does get a, a little complicated sometimes. You got to move it to another wallet other than your main wallet, and then you got to like load it or like whatever the the term is called. Yeah, it'd be easier if like it was integrated with my Coinbase account or with my Jack wallet or something like that. Yeah. But I'm I'm sure that'll come in time. Yeah, I've heard. You know, I, I think um, Brian Armstrong, Coinbase has has mentioned in some article that uh you know they're they're looking to add lightning network it's just it's like it's a massive undertaking for some of these companies to to do that type of thing um especially when they just have so much infrastructure Mm -hmm. built around something and they're working on so many different products um but there are some wallets that have that have implemented lightning network that most people just don't realize 
So, you know, Kobo Wallet is one that's relatively popular uh, and they added Lightning Network support, but most people just don't realize it. They haven't really publicized it that much. Uh, and there are a few other, few other major wallets that have added support and it's just kind of there. Uh, and they just haven't pushed it all that much. So uh, I think it's coming and, and more and more wallets are going to add the functionality. Yeah, I'm sure they will over time. It's just, it's a great solution for Bitcoin and it's obviously um, solves a lot of problems and it's growing like crazy every single day too. Like the number of nodes that are going online are ridiculous ever since the beginning of this year. So yeah, very excited for it. Other than Amazon, does Moon have plans to be compatible with other retailers? Absolutely. Yeah. So, so we're focusing right now on Amazon, uh, primarily because it's just the demand. Everybody's asking for Amazon in every country. And that, you know, at least in the United States, that's 50% of e-commerce, uh, you know, purchases all on Amazon. So you'll immediately get 50% of the market. Right. Uh, but beyond that, you know, eBay, Walmart, you know, we're looking at a lot of the, in the short term, we're going to integrate with a bunch of the, the top e-commerce merchants by volume. And obviously also looking at, you know, what our, what our users request and what we get uh, requested via our email support. Um, but within the next couple of months, hopefully by the end of the year, we're aiming to support every e-commerce website in the United States. Um, so that's something that that's in progress. It's a bit of a heavier lift as opposed to kind of, you know, integrating, doing an Amazon and then doing a Walmart and eBay. Um, but that's something that, that is in progress and, and really that's our goal. We, you know, we want to enable people to shop anywhere with their cryptocurrency. So, uh, you know, it's a matter of the strategy. How do you roll that out to have the most impact? Uh, so, you know, obviously starting with Amazon was, the, was the easy one. Uh, but you know, over the next few months, you're going to see more and more merchants and then, you know, aiming for before the holiday season, you'll be able to shop anywhere and do all your holiday shopping. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I'd love to be able to use my crypto to go out and actually buy some gifts for people. <laughs> um, it, it'd be nice to make it, um, more versatile in that way. And yeah, that's awesome that you guys have oh, yeah. that big of a milestone to hit by the end of the year too. Like I, there's a lot of potential for Moon to do a lot of good and to help people spend their Bitcoin or their crypto every single day. Um, because it's, I mean, it's obviously still a hassle, but um, it, this def definitely makes it easier. Other than the larger retailers like Amazon and um, who you'll probably bring on by the end of the year, do you guys have the thought or the ability to integrate with like a small business or like an SME? Yeah. So when I say we'll be on every e-commerce website by the end of the year, that I mean, every e-commerce website doesn't matter which one it is. Oh, okay. So, so that'll be from the big box retailers to the mom and pop shops. Um, so that'll be, you know, that, that's what we're in progress of working on right now. So, uh, like I said, you know, focusing on the big box retailers with, with these high volumes and then, you know, kind of going after that long tail, of, you know, mom and pop shops. And I think there's a lot of value there. Uh, and a lot of people want to shop. We've actually had a lot of small businesses reach out to us and say, Oh my gosh, how can we, how can we, you know, make, get this to work on our website. <laughs> and it really, it's really actually really cool to, to see people like that reach out to us. If you're, you're just selling like tomato sauce or something on, a, right. on a Shopify. Um, it's really neat to see that kind of interest. So, so really excited and, and people are kind of shocked. Well, we tell them, well, you don't actually have to do anything. We're going to do all the work. You just sit back and all of a sudden your website's going to be able to take crypto 
as long as the customer has the browser extension installed. So uh, that's that's something that I don't think the the, the store owners entirely understand, but uh, but you know it makes it makes their life easier so they don't have to add an API, they don't have to do anything. Yeah, it sure does so. make their life a lot easier. Like they don't have to have a, a wallet for this at all. What about mobile? Like, do you guys plan on sticking to just desktop? Um, Chrome extensions and whatnot, or do you guys plan on doing something um, on a mobile device in the near future? Yeah, so our big focus is on uh, the the desktop e-commerce shopping right mm -hmm. now. Um, you know, it's really you don't want to diversify your product offerings too soon. You know, it's all a matter of you know hardcore focus. But you know, obviously, we have to go mobile, mm -hmm. right? Uh, it's a growing trend in e-commerce. Roughly, it's roughly fifty percent. Right now, each side, 50% of e-commerce shopping is mobile, 50% is desktop, uh, and it's skewing more and more towards mobile shopping. So obviously, you want to be playing in the mobile space. You want to enable uh, mobile e-commerce shopping, and that's something that's that's in our product roadmap. Um, but, uh, you know, big focus in the short term is, is the browser extension. Absolutely. You got to start somewhere. But I mean, I tell people all the time, it'd be amazing. I'd spend so much money if I could like pay for Postmates or DoorDash with Bitcoin. Mm, good to know. Yeah. Um, and I know a lot of people that would love to do the same too, because I mean, a lot of us were holding crypto on our mobile device anyways. Um, sure. And yeah, you can definitely like scan a barcode or QR code through an extension on your computer and everything. But I mean, in terms of where people are spending money, I mean, it's, I mean, very quickly all going to the mobile device and getting away from laptops and um, it's getting far more seamless and going towards handheld devices and whatnot. I, at least personally, I know I'd spend a lot of Bitcoin if it was on the phone for sure. All right. Well, when we're on mobile, you'll be the first one. <laughs> oh yeah. I'll, I'll test it out. I'd be happy to. One more question before we kind of wrap up and everything like regarding security, um, how secure is it to, sends through moon using a chrome extension like is the chrome browser and the chrome extension safe is there any privacy issues with that for people that are wanting to buy something through Moon on amazon like what are your guys' thoughts around that yeah so so that's one of our you know the, the biggest one of the biggest things we focus on is security right like doing something in crypto you immediately become a target of hackers right and we kind of built our infrastructure in such a way that, that would not be that big of an issue. So first of all, you know, we're, we're not a custodial service, mm -hmm. so we never hold your money for you. Um, you know, if you're, if you, you know, want to pay with Coinbase, connect your Coinbase account, Coinbase has your money. They have your security under control. Um, and if you do opt to use your Coinbase account, like we have, you know, we support two factor authentication, daily limits, um, you know, there, there's all these permission controls that you have. So, so there's a lot of security there. And then when it comes to Lightning Network, it's a completely trustless payment system. So if you are, uh, you know, you're just scanning your Lightning invoice at the moment of purchase, you send the money and your purchase is done. It's effectively like cash. Um, so, so there's really no way, you know, I, I can't get into your Lightning Network wallet somehow and right. <laughs> try to steal your money or, or anything like that. There's no, there's no possible security vulnerability there. Um, you know, something that does concern people sometimes with browser extensions is, you know, their privacy, mm -hmm. right? Uh, browser extensions ask for, you know, a decent amount of, um, trust effectively, right? When you install that extension, it says, you know, moon is going to have access to see the websites that you visit, right? 
And people ask us, hey, wait, why do you need this level of permissions? And it's something that we're actually going to reduce the permission scope that, uh, that the, the extension requests. But, uh, but as of right now, we don't track any websites that anybody visits. You know, we really, it's really just Amazon and our own website at this point. Um, you know, we, we have the ability for somebody to request uh, a new website to be added. There's a button. So if you were to open Moon on like eBay, for mm -hmm. instance, you could click a button and say, I request to shop at eBay. And then we kind of keep that in our, uh, just for our own records. But, uh, you know, we don't track what you're doing. We don't, you know, we, we do as much as we can to know as little about you as possible. That's really our goal. And, and especially, you know, think about the crypto community. That's, you know, you're, you're looking at some of the most privacy focused people you could ever possibly have as a, as a customer base, you know? So building that trust and making sure that that, that privacy is there is very important. And, and we're going to continue going down that path. And, uh, like I said, restricting, uh, some of the permissions that we, requ we request and then giving the customer more options, uh, for kind of restricting, uh, what moon is able to do and just to give them that, that, uh, you know, additional warm, fuzzy feeling inside that we're doing the right thing. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm glad you guys are definitely taking the time to like really put some thought into it too. Cause I know there are a lot of people that obviously are very worried about sending their, their Bitcoin somewhere and then losing it or getting hacked or someone jumping into the middle and taking it. Um, there's all kinds of horror stories um, over the years of how things have gone wrong with crypto. Just, I mean, cause it just motivates a bad actor to find a way to kind of get in the middle somehow. So no, it's awesome that you guys yeah. definitely have that as a priority too. That'll make a lot of people happy. <laughs> Absolutely. And we're always, you know, if anybody has any great ideas or any feedback, you know, I, I personally respond to just about every customer request that we have, any email uh, that's sent, any contact form. I, you know, I love hearing feedback. I love to hear people's thoughts and concerns, and that just helps us to improve the product, improve the experience, and, you know, deliver a valuable service to, to as many people as we can. So, uh, you know, anybody listening, feel free. <laughs> it's uh, paywithmoon.com. On social media, it's at paywithmoon. Uh, you know, you can email me at contact at paywithmoon, ken at paywithmoon.com. Uh, so, you know, happy to, happy to always hear from everybody. Go to paywithmoon.com, send him a whole bunch of emails, blow up his box. <laughs> oh, I'm going to get spam now, aren't I? This is trouble. Well, no spam. Please don't spam him. <laughs> but before we wrap up and everything, uh, did you have any important dates or roadmap updates or anything that any of the subscribers or listeners should like be aware of regarding what Moon's doing that's coming up? Yeah, so if you're in Canada and uh, and you've been dying to spend your crypto on Amazon.ca, uh, you know, stay tuned in the next week or so. And if you are in Europe, uh, you know, stay tuned a couple of weeks uh, out. You'll be able to shop on CoUK.de. Um, you know, all all the European Amazons. So we're super excited about that, and we hope everybody enjoys. Well, Ken, thank you for coming on and everything. Really appreciate it. Um, and talking about Moon, kind of elaborating on where you guys are at, how it works, and where you guys are going. Um, I think a lot of people will take a lot of value out of that for sure. So, yeah, thank you. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Anytime. All right. Have a good day.
YouTube. Bye-bye.